Well, welcome to our um, little podcast, an opportunity for us to reflect uh, a little bit on Sunday morning. It's now Monday morning. Uh, we started our series, God Is, uh, yesterday. Um, and I think some of the reasons why we want to just share a little bit more is uh, there's a challenge sometimes with um, preparing a sermon. You kind of prepare it and then you get to Sunday, you deliver it, uh, and then most of the time, I've probably forgotten it by Monday morning or moved on to the next week. Um, so it's just a chance for us... Do you us mean your sermons that you speak or sermons yeah. you've heard? Or well, both, I think. <laughs> probably more so um, maybe ones that I've spoken. And I speak to other people who say, mm. uh, you know what, I come, you come to home group in the middle of the week and you can't remember what was said on Sunday. Uh, and I think I have some of that as well. I kind of gear everything up to a Sunday morning uh, and then just kind of leave it there. Uh, and I wanted a chance just to think... Um, kind of so what you know we've shared a lot on Sunday uh, we've uh, kind of sometimes given a challenge although this Sunday there really wasn't um, <coughs> a kind of applicational challenge um, so this is just us finding half an hour together uh, to reflect a little bit to ask some of the questions to hear some of the feedback we've uh, had on Facebook and on email um, and to think around that really um, so we're going to just keep recording, we're going to share a little bit, ask some questions, mm. uh, reflect a little bit deeper. Uh, we don't kind of know what we're doing, uh, we're just going to see where we get to with things. Um, so I guess, is there from response, so you know, we kind of pre-recorded the stuff on Sunday, so I did a bit on God being, I can't remember now. <laughs> Personal. <laughs> Personal. I talked about God tra God's transcendence, but even before we get to that point, there's that sense that we discussed together that we wanted to do a series on God is because it can seem very much that we are always talking about um, who God wants us to be or how we should be better for God what does this passage mean about this but actually what is at the very heart of it is is not even our relationship with God it is God he was there before us he was there before everything and who is it that who is this great God that we um that we you know we build our lives around as Christians we build our lives around and um really just wanting to get to the sense of who is he not just who are we in relation to him but who who is is he or it or she um who is he that we talk about because you know, we both went to Bible college um, and I've done more preaching than you have, but you know, you're certainly up there theologically with um, kind of thinking. And when you come to preaching, it's kind of what does scripture say? And then the application, application, mm. application all the time, you know, and what is the challenge? You know, and yeah. you often talk about that. And most of my sermons probably revolve around that, mm. you know, the looking at the hermeneutics and then thinking, well, what does this mean today? Um, <clears throat> and I think this series is interesting because we've stepped back a little bit from the application mm just to think who is God mm. that we spend so much time talking about reflecting on uh, preaching on uh, and rather than just that instantly well God is this so we have to do that mm. um, it's God is this and let's just wonder for a little bit and um, so that's why I think that um, God is personal God is transcendent was a good starting place yeah um, because it's the relationship the personal relationship that we see in scripture um, but the other you know, so there's always this kind of tension between God is this person who we, we have accounts in scripture where he speaks, where he 
walks alongside people, uh, where he breezes past caves. Mm. Um, uh, but then we also have all of these other accounts where God is aloof, you know, and mm. you can't kind of see him. And, uh, you know, we talked on Sunday, the Psalms were really important to that, just thinking through, you know, all these moments of you're there, you're not there. Why don't you hear me? You hear me. You're just this really interesting interchange. And mm. um, so, do you have a question for me? Actually, that, that's perfect timing, really, because you were talking about the people in the Bible in terms of being personal. But that was, depending on where we put them in history, if you're talking about Abraham, Moses, you're going back thousands of years, maybe 6,000, maybe 4,000, somewhere around, around that point. So how do you think that can speak to us today about God's personal nature? Mm. I mean, it, you know, if, if we go back kind of, you know, even to Jesus, even then we're talking about 2,000 years ago and we read the Bible and we love it and we let it stay true to our hearts, but we're still talking about something that came before the Romans invaded mm. the UK. This is, this is a long, long time ago. And so how can we expect to be encouraged by, by those accounts today? But also, how can we expect God to work in our lives today? How can we expect him to be personal today? I think the, um, the history of scripture or the dating of scripture is really interesting, isn't it? Because most of us don't read 2,000-year-old texts. You know, no. We don't rip that off the shelves, although maybe some of you do, but most of us don't. Mm. You know, we are you know, modern readers and mm. we read modern things and we're asked to look at scripture which is an ancient text yeah. uh, and the more you read into it the more you kind of delve into the Greek or the Hebrew or whatever the more you're left just perplexed mm. at struggling to understand um, the culture struggling to understand how we can interpret that word because you know there can be standalone words that we pick out and think oh that's God mm. speaking to us but the the trajectory of the sentence or the you know how the sentence is put together means that we can totally misunderstand it so mm. it's not a, a simple um task and i think anyone who says reading scripture is simple or you know reading scripture is just you've got to get through it and just read it all and let it you know kind of um soak into you that way um there's some real challenges with it mm. so i don't know how i i can encourage people to think of moses and the burning bush as a, a really you know kind of important way of God speaking to us personally because I said on Sunday you know there's only one in scripture you know it doesn't, mm. it doesn't appear every day um I think one of the interesting kind of accounts and I didn't share it on Sunday it kind of got missed off um my list was um uh, kind of um wandering in the wilderness you know you've got Israel and the manna and the quail you know every mm. day they um they got provision from God every day God provided a very real personal human need for them um and that you know there's the account of you can't store it up you've got to you've got to go out every day you can't you know kind of hoard it um and interestingly enough they did that for 40 years you know so for 40 years a whole generation mm. um experienced god in a really daily practical way and um, but that's a similar you know, mm. thousands of years ago and what does that mean to us today um i think there's a and encouragement in scripture but I think also I think it's important that we don't see scripture stopping 2,000 years ago mm, um, and yeah. we can do that with the Bible can't we think well that's when God spoke then but 
Jesus really clearly said he didn't leave us, you know, with the Bible. Mm. You know, Jesus never said, you know, take the Bible and it's, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to speak to you. Um, and the Holy Spirit is who guides beyond mm. scripture. Um, and he's the one who can, he, she, however we want to um, label it. Um, he's the one that can engage with us in a personal level. Mm. Um, and he's the one that we can come across uh, and ask for wisdom, for truth, mm. for guidance, for direction, for weighing things up, for working things out. Um, and that's a, that's an important part to the personal, I think. Mm. I do think it's important that you said scripture, we stop it 2,000 years ago. And almost at that point, we don't necessarily account for God revealing himself during that time. But often when I try to think about God or try to think about my Christian life, I, I think about um, people who have gone before me. I particularly think about, as a woman, I think about women that have gone before me. How did the woman in the Middle Ages deal with this issue? Because although there are differences in our modern lives, most of what we do has been the same, you know, for the last you know few thousand years. You, you try to take care of each other, you keep your family safe, you feed your family. These are just normal themes. You get older, you know, women, I, I kind of think about, well, how were women dealing with getting older when they were in, you know, kind of the, the Middle Ages? And so there's all different things. And one person I, I often think about is Susanna Wesley, who um, famously is recorded that um, every now and then she would just put her apron over her head to have some time with God. And, and it helps me think, oh, yeah, I've, I've had those moments. I can see that... Um, in my life, my modern life, with tech all around me, I am really no different from that, you know, the idea of Susanna Wesley, who raised, you know, all of these amazing Christian children in, John Wesley and, and Charles Wesley particularly, we think of. Um, but she had those moments of just, ah, I need to get away, and, and God was with her under her apron. Um, I don't know entirely whether that is more of a kind of a myth or whether that actually happened again because I, I wasn't there but um it encourages me that and I often look to people throughout history particularly to the mystics and how they battled with um just living in the world and trying to know God and and throughout the last 2,000 years we have got many testimonies to God's presence continually and um and you know we we can look for them today, they're, they're there today in our daily lives, in, um, in the world around us, but they have not ceased to be since the time of Jesus. People have continued to account for experiences of a personal God since then. And that, en that encourages me, that leaves me not just in my little modern bubble of existence. When you, that Wesley story is interesting, because I always think of Vida Walker. Um, I think yeah. I remember sitting around the dining room table with um, Vida Walker was a, a lady in Amateur when we were there. I think they had nine children. No, they had, yeah, seemed to have a lot of children. Nine, yeah. um, and she was a really practical, down to earth yeah. uh, woman. And um, I remember spending a lot of time with John and Vida. Mm. And, you know, that was just, I think maybe just their house and their lifestyle and how they yeah. uh, went about it. They, I think maybe they even shared about that um, yeah. that story um, yeah. with us. So there's that there's that challenge, you know. I think, and it's an, an important one. Um, so that was your question to me. Yeah. Um, so I guess I have um, a question. And genuinely, I have no idea what this question is going to be. <laughs> so just a little bit nervous right now. Am I going to be able to answer this one? Um, so there's some really interesting things that you shared 
um, on Sunday, and I think a lot of people connect with um, C.S. Lewis and the yeah. Chronicles of Narnia, and it's been an important um, book for our family. I remember us reading yeah. it together at college, and we did that Baptist uh, Bible college thing where we kind of you yeah. know, do a kind of a uh, something a bit more um, spiritual together. Yeah. Uh, we'd read uh, the kind of um, Chronicles of Narnia, and you talked about Aslan, and you shared that mm. lovely picture that you drew. Um, so can you share what is it about you know seeing the the story of Aslan and maybe even the lion that helps you understand something of who God is mm. yeah that's interesting um well firstly um there's it it's interesting i I read something or or listened to something about um animals in children's books or children's characters in films and things like that and it says that children can relate much more easily to an adult personified as an animal than they can to a, another just say if you if you put an adult in that situation they would see that as very other but if you put an animal in that role in any storybook which is interesting so many children's storybooks have mm animals as the main adult characters and they can re relate to them much more kind of intimately and closely than if like I say you you put a, another adult in that situation I think there's various different um, research as to why that that is the case and obviously with Aslan he could have been a man but when we have all already lived in a world and often the things that damage us most are humans. And so to always be focusing on God, you know, we say, um, we would not say he was a man to ourselves, but we, but perhaps we would have this kind of secondary idea that if we see God as a man, we use those characteristics of humans who may have been very positive to us or may have let us down and and so when you have that you kind of carry on that understanding of God that is still an understanding of a human being so when you put God as a lion now most of the times I think most of us have had very little experience <laughs> of lions and um, you know perhaps we've we've been to Woburn Safari Park and seen them there but typically we've had you know limited experience with lions but that generally they're understood to be a majestic creature um, powerful and they're so fluffy you know there is that kind of yes they're fierce and they could rip you to bits but oh my word they're so cute um, and so you know I think we've got a whole whole lot of that going on and so I I was reading um, a really interesting article about C.S. Lewis writing um, the Chronicles of Narnia and he did not plan for it to be a Christian story right. it's it somehow he started writing a story he thought it was an interesting fantasy story obviously it was post-war it was the same time as Tolkien was writing Lord of the Rings yeah, there, was, there was a lot of kind of fantasy going on there and he started writing the story and then he realized that in all of the imagery that he was coming up with he was kind of almost accidentally writing um, Jesus into the story he refuses to have it called an allegory but he was writing something an imaginative understanding of what he describes as 
what it would be like if Jesus was in a different world. Not if, if Jesus had come into our world, but if Jesus, what, how would Jesus reveal himself in a different world? And he said he was having a lot of dreams about lions. And then um, the description of Jesus is that um, the Lion of Judah um, came into his head. So all of this was was going on with Aslan. And I think in the same way that perhaps Aslan wrote himself into the Chronicles of Narnia, um, he works his way into our life in that. So he helps us to see Jesus apart from our experience of human men. Mm. And whilst Jesus reveals himself as a man, was God reveals himself as Emmanuel, man on, uh, a man on this earth, he is also so much more. And I think C.S. Lewis allowed that kind of, that heart connection to Jesus to come through that was not just the head, the, the memory of men, however we picture him. And he gave us a, a means to, yeah, really kind of engage with Jesus with our imagination and with our heart, not just with our um, cognitive processes. And I think a lot of people struggle with Kind of the father image of God, don't they? I mean, I think yeah. if you've had a bad experience of uh, of dads or of men, mm -hmm. um, I think there's a real, real sort of challenge there. Um, it's interesting about the C.S. Lewis story because I think um, I, I read, I was listening to someone saying they got really cross when mm. they realised it was a Christian story, and I think you can read it without the Christian yeah. Oda, and I think mm -hmm. maybe that's something of how C.S. Lewis went about yeah. um, the writings. It's kind of not accidental, but there's a you know connections that he obviously made because who he was and mm. you know what he thought about um his theology it certainly wasn't um written to be kind of christian propaganda as some people i think might feel it's not uh it wasn't trying to get his message into children and um, it was a story from his heart mm. and i think yeah how do we imagine god or picture god is interesting isn't it because um you know i think the line imagery is really interesting mm. you know i think there's something um like you said, majestic about that, you know, as an animal, you know, it probably wouldn't have worked if it was a, a pig, you know, or something like yeah, that. You maybe. wouldn't have the same sort of mysticism. But maybe for certain people, you know, there's... Or certain tribes or certain cultures, Yeah, maybe. certain just different understandings of, of that animal. Um, hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, so that was kind of my um, C.S. Lewis question. Um, the other one was a question to me, really. Um, Guys, mm -hmm. was a question to you, and that's around the word Yahweh, because we talked a little bit about this in the week, yeah. uh, and you shared some stuff that we didn't share on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and Sunday's really interesting, because we kind of always left thinking, well, I could just say more, and then you don't, yeah. and then you never find a chance um, to say it. Um, but you shared some interesting kind of reflections on Yahweh and the word, and yeah. how the word was used. I wonder if you could just share a little bit about that. Yeah, I read um, an interesting reflection a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, I think it was written by Richard Raw, um, which would make sense because I follow his, um, his, his podcast and his blog, um, that said that according to the Jewish tradition, th they took that um, the, the commandment not to take the Lord's name in vain very seriously. And that meant when they said God's name, the name that he had revealed to him for himself, which was I am. Um, again, we, we, we struggle because this is such, these are from ancient texts passed on in oral tradition. So it's hard to really understand, um, you know, the fullness of that. But what, I, what we do know is that um, Jews continue to practice saying the name of God as a breath. So they were not 
close their mouth when they spoke it, so not to say it in a way that in any way dishonoured God. So it would be, I think, the the I am part, the Yahweh on the in-breath, and the, the Yah on the in-breath and the Yahweh on the out-breath, and I'm, I'm probably getting <laughs> this wrong. And anybody who's interested, I can send you the article um, that talks about this as... Um, as how we can use this as a, a meditation as well, of coming back to that seeing God as permanently part of every moment of life. He is the breath. And um, if we think that with, if without breath we, we die, we have no ability to live. And he is that, um, he is that life force. And so with God's name, it's God's name as that sustaining in and out of us um, and I, I do find it sad that we don't use his name anymore and it, it almost feels kind of clunky when we try and say Yahweh because we're not used to saying it and obviously at, at different times it was um, you know use the word Jehovah instead um, and we don't we've, we've gone to the point that in the Bible we've taken out all the points in which God revealed his name declares Yahweh and we've put declares the Lord in capital letters to show that that's what it meant um, but we've taken his name out of the bible which i i don't really understand um but yeah okay um, is, do you have any other questions did you have any other questions for me i do now this is a tricky one i don't know if you can answer this but i i wanted to ask it because i'm thinking it so Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden. This is the account that we have, the Jewish story for how God originally met with his people in the Garden of Eden. Um, and it shows a really, a personal side to God that I don't think we can grasp. Mm -hmm. The idea that they walked, that they physically, that they were closer than we are right now. They were walking they were stood side by side. Adam could see God. He would know what he looked like. He could reach out and touch him. That is the way the story of the creations comes about to us in Genesis. My question is, do you think we will ever, personally, you, I, everybody who's listening, everybody in the world, do you think we will one day have that personal encounter with God in which we know him as closely as that, as we physically walk alongside him and remembering that again since since the beginning of time many people have come so we think about it in terms of ourselves but mm -hmm. that goes for everybody that goes for god's billions of children all of his creation do you think we will have that really not wow, just transcendent a, but personal encounter that's with god a, that's a big question isn't it um, and i guess it comes down to what was the creation story about um, and uh, we're talking um, next week a little bit about um, God being creator and yeah. um, sustainer. Um, and the Genesis account and that specific account of walking in the garden was uh, a really powerful image, wasn't it? Mm. It was you know, sent to, you know, written down as a record of the story that Israel had about their beginnings or the world's beginnings, I guess. Um, and it showed God in a really intimate light. Yeah. And that, like I said on Sunday, most people didn't view God on an intimate light. No. It was not that, you know, the gods or God, mm -hmm. um, however you wanted to understand God, um, would be doing those things. They, they were in the clouds. They were, you know, screaming for war and violence mm -hmm. and all those things needed to be appeased and all that stuff. Whereas here we have this 
amazing interaction mm. with God um, and his people. And I think what how we understand that you know, going forward into mm. end times, I think is interesting. But I think it certainly sets the very um, starting point of who, how God wants to relate to his mm. people. And if God wants to relate to us in this very personal way, um, <coughs> and scripture tells us that he does, um, I suspect that personal connection will still find its way until we're long gone from this world and mm. our you know, hearts stop beating and we discover what's on the other side. Um, and I, you know, my hunch, you know, my belief and my faith is that something of that connection with God, mm. um, whether it's us strolling through a garden together or it's a, uh, a feeling of closeness and oneness to God and you know, all those things. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? We spend a lot of time thinking about all these things, but so much of it will only ever be revealed yeah. when we leave this world um, because that's the only certainty that we have. Um, but I think <coughs> what the creation account teaches us um, is just that God is someone who cares deeply about his people. Mm. Um, and however much we stuff it up, however much Israel stuffed it up, however much we continue to, as Christians, you know, um, stuff it up. You know, Richard a couple of weeks ago mentioned, uh, you know, some big leaders who have fallen and made mistakes and live you know, different lives uh, and uh, deceived people, whatever, all that stuff that people mm. we end up doing, um, there's the ultimate conclusion we won't know until mm. we pass from this world um, to the I, next. I find that, yeah, I find it difficult to deal with, really. I think, um, I don't know how other people feel on that, but I, I think death is terrifying. Even if you have a faith, death is scary, but you don't know what's next. Mm. Um, and, you know, what if we've got it wrong? Um, but... Uh, just to come back to C.S. Lewis in Narnia, that's, I remember reading The Last Battle, for those of you who have read the books, and that being such an encouragement, and I didn't read it as a child, I read it as an adult, as Martin said, while we were at Bible college, and the way they talk about Aslan bringing everything, mm -hmm. and not just Narnia, but all of the worlds, all of the creations, because obviously the, there was Narnia was in parallel with, with other worlds, including our own, um, and the way he was bringing all things to himself including even those who had followed other fake gods but they had done so in a way that for him represented that their heart was for him and um, which has led to him being accused of some universalism but I think ultimately he is C.S. Lewis was showing that God sees our hearts and yeah, in, in, in The Last Battle, certainly, if, if you haven't read it, I would encourage you to read it, because it really helped me have less anxiety about mm. the next phase. And, yeah, I think I've done more than enough funerals um, already in my um, ministerial life. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting, you know, talking to grieving people and people mm. who have um, lost loved ones, even if they've not had faith, the person who's passed away, um, People still speak of you know, yeah. that they are with God um, and I think all of us push to that limit of losing the loved one mm. um, will cling to the faith yeah. that God is um, universally loving uh, yeah. and I think it's really hard because if you're asked to put that in theology or theological terms mm. or um, put your kind of mark in the ground about where you stand 
and you get labelled liberal pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to keep defending that line because mm. you, know, you end up in universalism you know, at the end of the day. Um, but I stand with those people who have you know, family members who have buried loved ones and have faith in that person, you know, that God finds a way of expressing his love to that yeah. person. Um, just like Ali, my, my faith is and my hope is that all people have that chance in their life um, to accept who God is. Um, and I think that's a, uh, a bit of a, a challenge because, you know, kind of, you know, I know people could pull you apart theologically on that, yeah. you know, and pull me apart theologically on that. Um, but, and this is the tension we have with what mm. scripture says and what the Holy Spirit says and what our culture talks about and how we understand things differently. Um, and this is an ongoing kind of internal debate that uh, I have. Um, maybe most other people don't. You know, mm. maybe if you're um, if you don't think about these things, you know, I think about this stuff every every day. It's part of my job. Yeah. It's when I come to preaching, teaching, you know, talking to people. It's always you know at the forefront of you know what I'm thinking about. Um, but maybe if I wasn't a minister, yeah. I wouldn't think about these things, and I'd just get my head down and, and get on with things. Um, but we do kind of um, I do think about them. Well, I think our, our time, uh, it's a miracle that we've not been disturbed. Um, <laughs> we're, um, we're hiding in the summer house. We've got three of our boys and we're all on different Zoom calls. So we managed to get this in between Zoom calls. Um, I hope you've uh, had, uh, I hope you enjoyed just listening to us uh, debrief a little bit. It's been, we had a few emails. Um, Spencer, I uh, appreciate, um, shared uh, just about how him and Janet have found, you know, God being close to them in mm. times of challenge. Uh, I know on Sunday there was uh, lots of little comments about um, God directing uh, and guiding. And we mm. hope that um, as we keep doing and we're going to commit to doing these every time we've done one of the series, which takes us, yeah. um, we've got three more, then we've got Easter, then we've got four more after that. Mm -hmm. um, so just a chance uh, to think and reflect. But please do uh, get back to us if there's questions, if there's comments, if we've said anything uh, too heretical, uh, I'm sure we'll get pulled up uh, at some point. Um, but... I guess the ultimate question uh, is, so what? Mm. So, so what to my day or my week? Mm. Um, does it, does it, um, if we understand that God is personal and transcendent, what difference does it make? So if you had a, just a brief answer to that, then you can ask me. So, so what that God is personally invested in this world and he is other to this world? So what? Well, that's interesting because this is where we disagree on this question because I say when it comes to God, it doesn't matter. He is. He just is. And and if I take nothing from that, he, unlike on other topics, yeah. if we were talking about the topic of justice or, you know, other, other big important topics, I'd say, yes, if I don't listen to this, then what's the point if I don't act on it? But with God... He just is, whether I get it or not. And that his heart is always for us to want to know him more, to want to be close to him. So yes, there is a so what. So what is, I want to draw comfort. So there is, there's there always is. a so what. So yes, but I think the, the more important thing when you're talking about God is that he is. And to remember that. So almost the so what is that it's not dependent upon mm. what I what I think. It's just there and he is whatever is going on in my day. And so if I'm gonna take something from that whilst rejecting the question of so what, <laughs> that is I am knowing 
that God is vastly bigger than anything I can mm. ever imagine. And yet, against anything I can ever imagine, really wants to know me along with all of his creation. And that, that blows my mind because I am not the only person on earth. My family, my friends, my church, we're not the only people. There's just so many of us. Mm. The idea that God wants to know all of us utterly blows my mind. Well, we'll let that be the final word. Um, God bless you. I hope you have a good week and you understand something of God's um, personal and transcendent nature this week.